G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Jesus kind of propounds some pretty radical views, it turns out, about how we use our money. Kind of an all-in, put-it-all-on-the-line approach. That can make us squirm, quite frankly. But if you and I, if we were actually to implement that in our lives, how would we do that? In practical terms, what does it actually look like? Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond, and welcome again to the program... Today, we're taking another look at our giving from a different perspective. Here's a great story about generosity. It was written by the Apostle Paul back in the first century AD to a rather wealthy bunch of people in a place called Corinth in what today is Turkey. Paul was raising some funds for people who were suffering from a famine in Jerusalem, and he uses the example of the generosity of some rather poor folk in Macedonia to motivate the Corinthians. Have a listen because it's great stuff. And remember, he's writing this here to the Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, beginning at verse 1. He says, Look, we want you to know, brothers and sisters, about the grace of God that's been granted to the churches of Macedonia. For during a severe ordeal of affliction, their abundant joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. For as I can testify, they voluntarily gave according to their means and even beyond their means, begging us earnestly for the privilege of sharing in this ministry to the saints. And this, not merely as we expected, they gave themselves first to the Lord and by the will of God to us, so that we might urge Titus that as he had already made a beginning, so he should also complete this generous undertaking among you. Now, as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in utmost eagerness, and in our love for you, so we want you to excel also in this generous undertaking. I don't say this as a command, but I'm testing the genuineness of your love against the earnestness of others. For you know the generous act of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty you might become rich. Wow, what an executive summary. Be all in when it comes to generosity is what Paul's saying. It's not about a mean contribution. It's not about giving a tip of 10% or something. Giving is about being moved deep in our hearts and doing it sacrificially. That's great. But what does that mean? And how, how do you do that and still keep a roof over your head and food in your belly? That's what we're talking about together today. Because over the last week or two, we've been chatting about money. Well, not so much about money. We're going to talk about money per se and some wisdom for managing it, which is what a lot of people need just at the moment, next week. Now, over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking more about wealth, which is different to money. Wealth is about our love for money. And remember that great bit of biblical wisdom that I've been sharing with you over and over again these last few weeks, that it's actually the love of money that's the root of all kinds of evil. And that when we love money, we end up piercing ourselves with many pains. Ain't that the truth? 
And anyone who has a problem with wealth will hate the word fundraising and the word generosity. But right here in the Bible, we have Paul the Apostle writing what is in effect a fundraising letter. And he's asking, no, asking is the wrong word. He's imploring the Corinthians to be generous, eagerly like the Macedonians who begged to be able to give generously to help the people that were starving in Jerusalem. It's an all-in strategy that he's talking about here. And the power of this approach by the Macedonians is that it demonstrates that their love is genuine. Their love for God, their love for other people is real. They're prepared to give even beyond their means when they're so moved in their hearts and then to put their trust in their God to provide for their needs. See, our approach quite often is totally the opposite. We tend to give out of whatever we might have left. Nothing left over, eh, nothing to give. I have to make sure that there's a bit left over for a rainy day. But these Macedonians are free from worrying about money because they trust in their God, the one who knows all their needs and who's promised to provide for them rather than serving the tyrannical God of wealth and money, a false God, a tin pot God that coughs and splutters when there's a famine or when we lose our jobs or when we live in poverty, as many of the people joining us today around the world do, or when the stock markets tumble. I attended a funeral just the other day. A dear old friend of mine, Margaret, she was only 70, died recently in her sleep. When I was a little baby and she was a teenager, she used to babysit me and take me out for walks in my pram. I always find funerals such a sobering time, time to reflect on my own mortality. As we were driving to the cemetery, about 50 cars in the procession, I was thinking, you know, this car, the clothes I'm wearing, the the prescription sunglasses I'm wearing, my house, all my possessions. When it's my turn to be inside that coffin, inside that hearse, at the front of all these cars, none of those things, none of my wealth, none of that stuff that I worked so hard for, is going to matter. In fact, it won't matter one single bit because I can't take any of it with me. So, what's the matter with us that we want to hoard all this stuff for ourselves. Why can't we be generous with the things that, at the end of the day, we can't take away with us? And while we're here, they never make us happy anyway, really. You see how obvious, how how patently obvious generosity really is? We can leave our possessions to our families and friends in a will, and we'll never see the impact that they have on the people. Or we can be generous with our money and our possessions and our resources now and see the impact that it has in people's lives now. And here's what I've learned over the last 50-something years. If I'm going to give something to someone, something that has a real powerful impact, it's always going to cost me something. It's always going to leave me short of something. But the joy of giving and of generosity makes us wealthier than the money we gave away ever could have. Please don't get me wrong. I'm not some great guy. I'm not the most generous guy on the planet. I'm just sharing with you the joy of the discovery that what Jesus said is absolutely true. It really is more of a blessing to give than it is to receive. Here's another thing he said, to put it all into perspective. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. Look, don't store up for yourselves treasures here on earth where moth and rust consume, where thieves break in and steal... Store up for yourselves instead treasures up in heaven where neither moth nor rust consumes, where thieves can't break in and steal. For wherever your treasure is, there your heart will also be. You can't serve two masters. 
A slave will either love the one and hate the other or be devoted to one and despise the other. You can't serve God and wealth. Therefore, I tell you, just don't worry about your life, what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink or or about your body or what you'll wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? I mean, look at the birds of the air. They don't sow, they don't reap, they don't gather stuff into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them all. Aren't you of more value than them? And can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? So why do you worry about clothing? I mean, look, look at the lilies in the field. How they grow, they neither toil nor spin, and yet I tell you, even King Solomon in all his splendour wasn't dressed like one of those. But if God so clothes the grass in the field which is alive today and tomorrow it's thrown in the oven, won't he much more clothe you, you of little faith? Say, look, don't worry saying, what am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? What am I going to wear? It's the Gentiles who strive for all those things. And indeed, your heavenly Father knows that you need that stuff. But first, strive for the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all those other things will be given to you as well. So don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. Good start. We'll pick it up again next week. We love sharing the gospel with as many people as possible so they can experience a real and tangible relationship with Jesus. So before we go, I'd like to tell you about a free daily devotional to help you and your friends draw even closer to Him. It's called Fresh. Each day you'll receive a powerful scripture verse together with some words of inspiration, hope and encouragement. And the best news is that it's completely free, delivered right to your inbox each and every day where you can choose to read, listen or watch the daily video. Completely up to you. It's God's Word Fresh for you each day. To receive your free e-devotional, just jump onto the website freshdevotional.org. You'll see the fresh e-devotional sign-up waiting right there for you. And as a bonus, I'll also send you a free copy of my e-book, How Can I Hear God Speak to Me? So head across to that website and sign up to receive Fresh. I pray that your heart will be touched and transformed as you draw ever closer to Jesus through His Word. That web address, in case you missed it, is freshdevotional.org. I'm Bernie Diamond, and I'll catch you again same time Monday with a different perspective. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.